Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to this week's episode. My guest this week is the absolutely gorgeous Rebecca Grimes, or as I like to call her, the Irish version of Marilyn Monroe, because she's only the spits of her. I've known Rebecca for a good few years now, and I'll always remember where we first met. It was in the casting process for Damo and Ivor, and I can't remember if it was series one or series two, but Rebecca came into audition for a part. And I remember even from the second that I saw her thinking, oh, my God, wouldn't she just be the most perfect girlfriend for Damo? And she auditioned for a part and she was so good. And note this, any actors listening to us, the audition process, sometimes, you know, when you think, oh, I didn't get the part, I'm not good enough. Sometimes you're too good. And that was the case with Rebecca. At the time in the script and the series, we didn't have a part of Damo's girlfriend. So when it came to writing Damo and Ivor the movie, we wrote the part of Kelly so that Rebecca could step in and play Damo's girlfriend. And she was absolutely incredible. Rebecca is a brilliantly talented actor. She's probably most known for her role as the feisty Hayley Collins in Fair City. So because Rebecca and I have been great mates over the years, I asked her to be a guest on the podcast and thankfully Rebecca still had her diary from when she was growing up as a teenager. And it's so 90s, it actually has a denim cover, a denim with flowers sewn onto it as well. And there's some absolutely gas stuff written in there. It was brilliant talking to her and reminiscing about life in the 90s and noughties, growing up as a teenager and the obsession with boys. So here's my chat with Rebecca. Rebecca Grimes, welcome to Collaborative Studios. Thank you so much for being part of the Cringe Binge podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you because you have an actual diary. Actual diary. So going back over thinking of teenage Rebecca. Yes. What, how does it make you feel? Um, just kind of gas. Like I had so much crack. You know, um, I had great friends. I loved school and really had a great time. Like, it's not, I have no tragic memories. I'm pretty, like, I was pretty tragic in parts. 
due to my own doing, you know, and pining after everyone. But um, no, it was a great crack. Like, I had a great time. So have you got brothers and sisters? What was your relationship like yes. with your family growing um, up? So I was the baby. Mm. So I was kind of doted on. And um, I have two older brothers and an older sister. And there was five years between us all. So there was quite a big gap, you know. Um, so I inherited a lot of my sister's tastes, even though she was 15 years older than me. So when all my friends were listening to Take That and Boyzone, I was really into Sting and Brian Adams. And yeah. <laughs> maybe that was where my love for an older man with a nice head of hair came from. <laughs> So uh, you being the baby of the family, mm-hmm. did that allow you to get away with murder? Like, you know, murder. getting permission to go to teen mm-hmm. discos and stuff. Were you just, yeah. Yeah, I got away with an awful lot that my siblings definitely didn't, you know. Um, and yeah, my like my parents weren't that strict. My dad was pretty strict, um, but my mum was great and she would kind of sneak me out and let me do things, you know. Um, like my mum bought me my first fake ID and Brilliant! Yeah, she got it. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. She How bought did you it for me. She was just really kind of cool about it. Um, I remember like asking if I could go to teenage discos and stuff, and knowing that my dad wouldn't let me. But while my dad was away, I knew my mum would let me. You know, <laughs> and then where did the fake ID come from? Um, so a friend of my sister's. He would have been the boyfriend at the time, but he's her husband now. Um, a friend of him was making them. <laughs> Love, there was so much back deal. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, in the yeah. back alleys with the fake IDs. And I remember, yeah, it was 60 quid. Um, now, that's serious. Was mm. that for a passport or a driver's license or? A uh, national age card. Oh, a national age card. So did you have to provide the photo or how yeah, did it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get the photo and then they, um, yeah, you provide the date that you wanted. So they just made me. I was 16, so they made me 19. And I went and like tried to pick out my most mature cardigan <laughs> and got the photos done and tried to look as uh, sophisticated as possible. And for 60 quid now, I'd be expecting something looking really seriously It was super. Legit. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it worked, it worked everywhere. everywhere. It was super. And there was a little hologram with a heart on it that the bouncers used to run their uh, nail over to make sure that it was real. So I remember getting my compass out of my school bag and like drawing on the lines so that there was like a serrated edge that I'd feel when they ran their thumb over. Oh my God, you're what a pro. <laughs> I love I it. I really wanted to get into those yes, clubs. Yes, <laughs> you did. So tell me about school. What was your school life like and your memories of school? I loved school. Yeah. I really, Would you really go back? Lo- um... No, <laughs> but it was great. At it the was time. great at the time. Okay. Like we go this far on, you hardly know any of those people anymore, you know, but at the time it was everything to me and I loved it. Um, and I got on with everyone. I like to think, you know, um, was it a mixed school or it was a mixed school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was endless source of entertainment and distraction for me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. I was the head girl. Where are you? Yeah. Oh my God, your first <laughs> prefect on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, let's talk school about captain, this. School because captain. Because mm. when, when I spoke to Esther and I asked her, was she a, a prefect? I mm. wasn't a prefect okay. either. And I think everybody has like a secret longing, you know, that they're oh, going to yeah. call out your name and you're going to be yeah. chosen. Now, yeah. the head girl is next level. Like basically you are the Rose of Tralee. <laughs> Get the boat. How did you feel when you were crowned head prefect, head girl? Like I really wanted to, it to be the movie version of my life where it was actually Homecoming Queen. Oh my God, you know? amazing. What's the equivalent it is? It's a really it's disappointing. It's a lot of responsibility. Version. Did well, you get a badge? You know, I had a badge. Oh my yeah. God. Wow. And a medal? Yeah. Um, I don't think there was a medal. There was myself and Donald. There was like a head boy and head girl or 
male and female school captains, or whatever it was called. And Donal Kearney, that's his name. Mm-hmm. He was the male school captain, and he was he was kind of like a better student than me, maybe. And I remember he got student of the year then that year. And I, I kind of thought like, maybe, you know, I might be student of the year as well. But I was really pushing it. So and I'm done with that. Why it. do you think you were chosen to be the head girl? Um, so it rolled now with a lot of responsibility. Like, yeah, you know, I think it was because I got on with everyone, you know, and I okay. mixed in all kind of circles. And I liked um, the quiet kids. I liked the loud kids. I liked the bold kids, the good kids. The, like, I kind of got on with everyone and I just got stuck in with everything. I... I was always extracurricular and I liked to kind of do everything and try everything and Did I you suppose I'm still trouble? the same. Like, um, not really. No. no. Um, and as a student, how would you have rated yourself? Uh, four out of five. A four out of yeah. five? I thought you were going to say out of ten, but out of five, no. I love it. Four out of five. Fantastic. <laughs> now, when you were growing up and going through all those school years, mm. did you know what you wanted to do in later life? Do you know, I didn't really realise that that was an option. Um, and I remember the moment it clicked for me because I remember like filling out uh, CAO forms and um, looking at prospectuses for colleges and going to open days and all that kind of stuff. And it's really scary. And I was 16 doing my leaving search. So I was very young, wow. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty. How did that happen? Was that skipping fourth year? Or yeah, skipped yeah? fourth year. Okay. And I was just dying to go to school the minute I turned four, apparently. So, um, yeah, I was really young. So that was kind of a scary time to go oh I have to make this huge decision and it's the first like massive decision you have to make in your life you know and I, I remember like freaking out and crying in the sitting room going I'm just really overwhelmed you know um, and I'd gone to all the open days and looked at all the different stuff and I was like oh journalism or media or public relations something kind of in that area mm-hmm. and I remember I was on the train on the way home from the open day and one of the guys that was maybe a year or two older than me, was saying, I was telling a story and he was like, um, God, you're so uh, dramatic. You know, I was telling a story with hands and like doing voices and actions and all the rest. He was like, you should be an actor. And I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, no, you should. And I was like, can you? You know, I was like, yeah. I didn't, can I was always involved in plays and mm. uh, drama classes and stuff, but I didn't realise you could do it as a career. As a career. Wow. So then I was like, oh my God. I started looking into all this and, um, yeah, then I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then it was like a light bulb clicking, you know, and you're like, oh, that's me. what I want to do. You know? How did you yeah, make yeah. it happen then? Um, so because I was so young, I went and I did a post-leave insert course in Donamead. So I did that when I was 17. What's involved? And I've never heard of one of those. What's so like a, a post-leave insert course. So like a FETAC course. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So there's just like loads of different modules. So it was... Um, so you're just brushing up on loads of different skills. <clears throat> yeah, but it was in uh, theatre performance. Oh, fantastic. So, um, like, we'd have different modules in um, playwriting, in music, in um, stagecraft, in kind of, like, just giving you an overview of um, a career in theatre, say. So I did that for a year, and then we had a showcase at the end of that, and after that, I ended up getting an agent and getting a professional gig. And I was like, woohoo, and the gig ran like for the whole summer in Andrews Lane and just kept getting extended and kept getting extended and I was like I'm laughing here I turned 18 during that show and I was delighted and then I was like okay well I won't go to college like I've I'm okay now you know so I took the year and nothing happened got no work went for loads of auditions didn't get anything and then I was like okay I have to go back to college so I went and did the two years in the gaiety where I met Emer, and um yeah 
that was it then and that was it mm. fantastic okay so going back to the teenage years so you grew up like sort of 90s and noughties yes and in that time what did you look like oh god like basically when I think of you the first person I always think of is Marla Monroe so <laughs> like if I think of what did you look like in your teen years I just go into Google and type in teen Marilyn <laughs> will I see a picture oh, of you oh no you won't I okay. wish I wish I could say that well what did you look like as a teenager um okay so I was really struggling with my curly hair you know curly hair was not cool so I would try to like straighten the life out of it um but there was no GHDs there was no GHDs so there was your iron Oh. You know, so you would iron it, yeah. And if you were lucky, you had a friend iron it for you because you'd scald the neck off yourself otherwise. Are you talking um, about now laying it out on the ironing laying board? Laying it out, yeah, your head upside oh. down just next to it, tipping it over. Like, the sophisticated people would use a, a paper bag over it, but we were just like, nah, get it done. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And it was great because you could never get directly at the root, so mm. there was a nice kink just like at the Bit top. Bit of volume at Bit the root. Bit of volume oh before it just went lank and dead. <laughs> My God. So there was a lot of that. Um, there was eyebrows that were plucked to within an inch of their lives. God love them. And um, yeah, there was a lot of borrowed makeup from my sister. So purple eyeshadows, a lot of shimmery eyeshadows <clears throat> and like a movie kind of uh, lipstick. OK, you so know? You, you hadn't worked out at that stage then that the red lip was mm, your wasn't signature like, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I like I remember being like I'd be like disgusted at a red lip it was like ugh. I remember at one point having a white lipstick oh <laughs> god I remember that there was that fashion as well to do white lipstick or to put foundation all over your lips yeah. <laughs> who invented that mm -hmm. so what about fashion and clothes what stands out in your mind as did you commit any crimes against, fa oh against fashion throughout those years well because I was the baby I inherited a lot of clothes okay. you know and my sister was so much older they wouldn't have been suitable but my uh, the, the brother closest to me was only five years older than me, mm -hmm. so I got a lot of his gear, okay. which is gas because it's what you see on the street now. Like, yeah, what people that would are wearing so trendy, like those kind of zippy jackets and all like, the sportswear. All the sportswear, yeah, everything big and baggy yeah. and everything that was the it's, look of, yeah. of that time. So there was a lot of that. There was more fleeces than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, what was that about? Oh there was like I used to be freezing <laughs> fleeces for everything. <laughs> Fleecy tracksuit bottoms. In every not. shade, like, I had a fleece for every occasion. Um, and what else? Like, combat trousers I loved and platform shoes. And I remember because I was really tall, like, I am really tall still, but I was really tall for my age. And all the boys that I fancied, kind of like when I just started school, so in first year and second year, were much smaller than me. And I remember one day borrowing my sister's Pepe platforms because they were really cool and I wanted to be, like, a cool dude in the school. And I was standing outside the school and this boy that I fancied was standing next to me and he was like head and shoulders shorter than me. And obviously I've got these platforms on as well. So I'm like Blondzilla standing beside him, you know. And I remember just like sliding down the wall, like really nonchalantly. <laughs> and just kind of affecting like this hunch. <laughs> I'm not that tall. <laughs> Kick off the shoes. But I still wanted to wear the shoes because the shoes were the cool thing, yeah. you know. So I was like, I'm not that tall, but oh, I am wearing these God. cool shoes. So you should probably be in love with me. No. <laughs> so when did you do your blossoming? When did that happen? Oh, gosh. Oh, like, when I'm still did you waiting turn for that. into this Irish know. Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> um, 
Oh God! It's I, like, were you just affected then by all of the fashion at the time of what was like, you know, culturally cool with the nineties and yeah, noughties makeup sure, and all that sort of stuff? Sure. And then when the better fashion and stuff came in, you just got to. No, I think it was honestly like after going to college, after going to the Gaiety and kind of just figuring out who you are. And I think yeah. those years in your early twenties are massively formative mm-hmm. for that, you know, because you're kind of, you're an adult, you might be um, living out of home for the first time. You're kind of on your own a bit, you know, and you are your own person and you're able to make those choices for yeah. yourself and like as well moving into the city, you know, I hadn't, I wasn't with all the same people. I was with a kind of much more diverse group, you know, and like a lot of wild bohemians and freaks yeah. and geeks. And I was like, oh, these are my people and you can be anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you can dress however you want and you can express yourself however you want. But yeah, it probably took me till I was about 23 to realize that, you know, and then I started to kind of experiment and finding what I like or what I thought worked for me. Okay, so yeah, I suppose it, it, the, the teenage years are so intense that it kind of cools down a little bit, thankfully, yes. by the time you get to your teenage You'd never get anything done. Oh, no. So <laughs> speaking of intensity, yes. tell me about your teen diary. What are you going to share with us today? I am so happy that you've documented your thoughts from what sort of age are we going to be reading 14. from? 14. Yeah. Amazing. So this is all um, prime hormones. 14. Oh, my so much hormones um but it's so funny because like when I think back on it I'm I'm going oh yeah I had a great time or whatever but I never had boyfriends you know and I didn't do very well romantically but you would never know that from what was going on in my head and what transpires on these pages because I was deluded share some of it with us please so 14-year-old you, what what year are we talking now then when you were 14? Uh, 2001. 2001, okay. Also, I um, wrote in this diary as if it was a friend and I was speaking to it. Oh, so I asked it a lot of questions. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I love it. Cringe. Okay, so this is the first entry in the diary. Jesus. <laughs> Dear diary, how are you? I'm lying in... Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, I'll start again. Dear diary, how are you? I'm lying in bed at eight o'clock with my curtains pulled and a warm mug of cappuccino. Posh cappuccino. <laughs> Listening to Leanne Rhymes, Can't Fight the Moonlight. Isn't it great when you find a song that totally sums up how you're feeling? Well, that's what this song is like. It's not a... <laughs> it's not a cry into your comfort food song. It's a sexy, cool, confident way of saying, hey boy, you will be mine. <laughs> That's how I feel about Richie, but I'm half afraid to be too confident in case I get cocky and get let down. Oh, (laughs) Richie, tell me more. I was wild about this boy Richie in school. Um, Yeah, I was mad about him and we were really good pals. And it was that thing of, you know, are we friends or are we more than friends? And reading into everything he did, you know, and he looked at me for like three seconds longer than he would normally look at me. So ergo, he loves me. And he said he likes the same song. I think that's his way of telling me how he feels. No, like he had many other girlfriends. <laughs> but did I'm you ever t- get like, to shift him? No. Ah. Oh. Never. Oh, so is this all unrequited love? Oh, this whole diary is unrequited oh. love. <laughs> no, Rebecca, give me some more. So then the next page is the lyrics mm-hmm. from um, "Can't Fight the Moonlight," oh, just so that I could. The lyrics were so important, so important. in those years. You yeah. couldn't just Google them, like you know. Um, and then what else did we have? But also, yeah, like every page, there's a new guy. 
you know, every page there's. And then I saw the most beautiful guy I've ever seen. And then he was followed by the most beautiful. Like, it's ridiculous. It was the best remedy, wasn't it? Just the best way to get over any unrequited love was just to find somebody else. And then he'll always be better. Perhaps you'd like 15 ways to forget him. Oh, give me those (laughs) 15 ways to forget him. Amazing. So I was writing like advice columns to myself. (laughs) We don't know whether this is my own work or whether I've copied this from somewhere, but who knows? It was obviously important enough to go in the diary at the time. 15 ways to forget him, and him is in inverted commas. Have a good cry, punch a pillow, and then move on. That's number one, so it's kind of a three-tier system, that one. I like it, I like it. Banish all love memorabilia to a box under the bed. Learn to accept it's over. (laughs) Okay. This is great advice, yeah. Spend time on yourself. Pamper the blues and him right out of your life. Brilliant. Still do all this. Great. (laughs) This is the best one. Remember, time is totty. If you're living in your room crying your eyes out, no gorge boy babe will wander up to your bedroom door now, will he? (laughs) Very true, though. Time is totty. Oh, my God. Let us apply that to life. <laughs> Time is totty. Time is totty. Um, what else are some of these? Uh, <laughs> have a girl's only slag off and be ruthless. Graffiti his face in all your photos. Like, I didn't have photos of any of these people. They weren't real relationships. They were oh. in my head. <laughs> God. Um, keep busy and remember it. There are always people worse off than you. Fair. Yeah. And number 15, dance him out of your system. Just give the likes of Savage Garden and Celine Dion a miss. Oh my God. That is so 20 years ago, isn't it? Just oh, dance him out of your system. Just dance him right dance out of your system. Away. Oh my God, that is hilarious. So um, funny. And what were, oh, your handwriting is lovely, by the way. Oh, and, and all different coloured pens. pens. Yeah, yeah, gel pens, I think, are featuring. Oh God, there, yeah. yeah. And there was a bit of highlighting, which oh, I still yeah. do. And doodling in the whole lot. Yeah, like there's so many. What else jumped out of the pages and made you go, oh All these ones, you know, the love thingy. Oh yeah, we work out the percentages. So 51% were Christopher Phibbs, whoever the fuck he was. Our lives depended on whatever the percentages came out. I believed them. I thought it was like a science. Of course. Numerology, lads. This is gospel. Um, So this is Stevens' day um, on in 2001. So Mairead um, is like my oldest friend for the last 28 years or so, and she still comes down on Stevenson's Day. So this is a long gone, long standing tradition. Dear Diary, in bed, wrecked. Mairead came down, Stevenson's Day tradition. We started straightening my hair at three o'clock and finished at six. Oh, <laughs> oh, three hours of ironing your hair. Oh my God, she's a great friend. But it's lovely. Mairead cut it and put colour in it as well. So it's gorgeous. <laughs> Gomer, everybody needs a maraid. I was texting Kieran today and it was so good to text a fella. Even though I don't fancy him, he is a good mate and it felt good to have someone to text apart from my three friends, Maria, Maraid and Michelle. Painted my nails, sob, sob. Ah, oh, well, they were in bits. <laughs> we were talking about a list of qualities a fella must have. Here they are. <gasps> Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my God, I need Take to a pen, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> Public service announcement coming up. A list of qualities a fellow must have. I bet you this still applies. Number one. Good dress sense. Yes. Number two, sense of humour. Yeah, absolutely. Number three, a lot in common with us. Mm-hmm. Number four, nice smell. Mm-hmm. And the last point, which is obviously the most pressing, the most uh, important, number five, messy hair. What? <laughs> messy hair? <laughs> oh, you must have messy hair. What, did you like a bit of scruff? I what think I that? did. But they were the five most important things. And then I went back and corrected myself. That's all I can think of. Oh, no, wait. Number six, and these came in as a secondary thought, let me just remind you. Good values and morals. (laughs) And seven, respect for himself and us. So worth noting, just not as important as the messy hair or the good dress sense. Okay, so we'll just put it as a countdown instead. Just put it in reverse order and then it's the the perfect list, isn't it? Oh, God, that's classic. So So you're really weighing up what your perfect fellow would have been. And then that experience of texting that guy. So this is obviously... The very early days, the birth of technology, would that have been like a Nokia type of phone? Yeah. And, you know, the original... It was a Samsung... Um, no, Siemens. A Siemens Siemens oh, yeah. C25. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting it for Christmas one year and it was so old that it didn't even tell the time. Okay. And I used to have to send... My- <laughs> I used to have to send myself a text in the morning when I woke up so I could find out what time it was. No <laughs> way. Oh, my God. And I would spend that 35 cents or whatever it was. Yeah. To send myself a text. So reading that now and seeing how much it meant to you to have just that friend in that guy to be able to oh text gosh. and communicate with. What do you think that if you lived in what is now modern day technology mm-hmm. with the texting that we have now, and you know when it comes up and somebody sends you a text message and you get either the two ticks or you get seen. Yes. And when you see seen and somebody doesn't reply and you're like, oh, left on red, yeah. Like we find it hard to cope with that now at our age. What do you think you would have been like back then with communications, with, uh, you know, Instagrams, Snapchats, yeah. Instagram stories and everything? Would you have been... 
somebody wrapped up in all of it or what do you think? I think it's it's obviously not as prevalent to us then, you know, it mm. wasn't, it's not such an issue. But like Christmas Day here on the diary, it's Christmas Day, blah, 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 blah. Um, I texted Sarah M, don't know who she is, texted Sarah M, Maria, Maraid. Not one wrote back. Oh, the unpopularity. Oh my God. <laughs> so so obviously... And then, oh, an edit, 5.32, just got message from Maraid. Yay. <laughs> oh, my God. So I would have been, like, losing my life if there was two blue ticks, like, in and that day. reply. Yeah. Because yeah. I was obviously firing out text messages left, right and centre. Double-barrelling people. <laughs> and when you think about how much people share these days, you know, on um, Snapchat and Instagram mm. and all those sort of things, do you think you would have been a sharer? Or do you think, oh, thank God it wasn't around in my teenage oh, years? I'm so grateful it wasn't around. Like, I can't imagine what it's like growing up in this kind of age. Like, with with that technology that's available to us now is just terrifying. Um, I'm sure I would have been involved. Yeah, I would have been all over everything. And, oh God, yeah, I'd never get anything done. Because... It, other people are so massively important to you at that stage mm-hmm. and other people's opinion and what everyone else is doing and you're trying to keep up with everything, you know. So, yeah, thankfully, skip that. <laughs> yeah. um, do you remember what was your, who was your first kiss? What was it like? Oh, yes. I do remember. It was a guy called Colm and I had fancied him kind of all through primary school and I think this was probably the summer between... Um, primary school and secondary school you know and we're all going to split up mm-hmm. and all the girls in my year were going to a different school and I was the only one me and one other girl were going to the mixed school and they were all going to a Loretto convent and um I yeah so it was the summer between so I was hanging out with all the girls that we thought we were going to be separated from forever come September you know and we were down in the grounds of Gormanston College and there was like a group of guys and our group and we were like sitting miles away from each other on a football field you know just kind of like waving over to one another and then like one of them like one brave soldier is sent on a mission over you know to go such and such wants to meet you such and such and you go okay report back you know the news and through a day of this you know when people pairing off eventually came my turn and Colin wanted to meet me so I was like go on so and you couldn't look like you were too impressed or delighted you know Mm -hmm. so you had to be a bit reluctant about the whole thing I suppose but like inside you were like yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I remember he was wearing a Liverpool jersey but he was wearing the entire kit down to the socks right (laughs) oh my god he's you're painting a beautiful picture then I said something absolute right so he had the jersey the shorts and the socks socks. and it was the yellow jersey do you remember that like yeah yeah so um, okay. Oh my! I God. had no interest in football, but I desperately wanted a Liverpool yellow jersey because Colin had one. Okay. So and what did he look like? As um, like, did you fancy him? Oh yeah, yeah. I really did. Um, but again, I'd probably taken a growth spurt that that summer, mm-hmm. so I was towering over him. Okay. And anyway, we went for a little walk, and we didn't speak one word to each other, you know. And then, like, we kind of got to this bush <laughs> behind where we were going to do our deed. And we just looked at each other for ages and I was like, this is the most awkward thing that's ever happened oh. in my life. And I remember as clear as anything, he put his two hands up and clicked. <laughs> what? <laughs> he put his hands up and clicked? Clicked. Meaning? To start. <laughs> oh, no, he did it. No, he did it. Let the good times roll. What did he think he was, the fun? He just put them up and went. 
and then we went in for it. And you went in for this knock. Yeah. And how did you feel? Like, was it what you imagined? Oh, God, it was probably massively underwhelming, like, you know, but mm. I was delighted. Because this is it. Yeah. I've done it. Done. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a huge landmark, you know. So and funny. what was your referral to it, like, as in, you know, the way there's so many different ways to refer to it, especially like all around Ireland, you know, meeting someone, oh, yeah. shifting, meet. snogging. It was meet yeah. someone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, will yeah, you meet yeah. me, friend? Will whatever. Me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, oh, my God. So then, what are your memories of going to teen discos? Um, again, it was like opportunity to go out and like you're on the prowl. Mm-hmm. It's gas, you know, like so hyped up at 14. Um, and would you do the thing of, you know, when the slow set comes on, wait for somebody to come and ask you to dance? Did you ever ask boys to dance or ask for the shift going, I'm going to send my friend over there or anything? What was your... Yeah, so like I would... So kind of say to my friends, just be like, oh, I really like him. Don't ask. <laughs> you <laughs> know, think, and then yeah. they'd be like, oh, we will. And I'm like, oh, stop. No, you won't. Really? Go, go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Were you one of those people who was um, quantity, not quality? Did you go through any of those sort of phases? No, I did like quality, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. And I would get hooked on an idea of someone. Um, so would you just kiss one guy in the night? Yeah, okay. probably. Um But yeah, I would get hooked on the idea of them and then I would obsess about them. But like for brief, intense Mm -hmm. periods and then I would obsess about someone two days later, you know. (laughs) But like, yeah, going to discos was the holy grail. Yeah. Um, Because my dad wouldn't really let me go. My mum used to kind of sneak me out when my dad wasn't there or say I was going to my friends or whatever. But I found this really funny entry from 2002 about a disco. So um, for context, Mel was my brother's girlfriend at the time, right? (laughs) So again, talking to the diary as if I write. Well, well, well. Hello there, stranger. This is the first account of 2002, even though it's nearly its fourth month. Well, I've absolutely loads of news that I can't believe I never wrote about. Mel had the baby. He's seven weeks old and he's called Adam. So this was me, 14, having a nephew, right? Mel had the baby. He's seven weeks old and he's called Adam. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Movita's and I really enjoyed myself. And then I started talking about a disco. Oh That's my like, God, just go straight into one thing to the other. brush over the fact wow. that you have a nephew now, that you're an auntie, yeah. that this is really exciting, there's a baby. No, he had, she had the baby, Grant, he's seven weeks old. Wait, can I tell you about who I kissed at Movita's? <laughs> <laughs> Movita's? Movita's. What have you yeah. got to tell us about that? Um, I danced all night, which is unusual for me. <laughs> But again, yeah, the most gorgeous guy I've ever seen appeared. Um, anyway, I didn't end up with him that night, but just went, obsessed over him. Just obsessed over him. And then I went the following week, and yeah, I got my man then. And um, graduating from the teen discos and everything into the mm. sort of you know the drinking years and yes. the teenage years, mm. what are your memories of going out in the lash for the first time? Oh. Gas. Okay, so I had the fake ID. Yeah. Um, so we had that from 16 and myself and Mairead would go to, there was a bar in Balbriggan, which funnily enough, we met one of our friends going out with a guy now who used to work in it. And he was like, I was probably serving you those underage drinks at the time. Like, So we were 16 and we used to go in before nine o'clock because the doorman didn't come on until nine o'clock. Oh, so we had it sussed. Very clever. <clears throat> And we used to drink gin and tonic before it was trendy, you know, so we thought that that looked really sophisticated. Yeah. Be like that, going in and having a port now, yeah, you know, that, or a sherry. That was like a, a mummy's drink. Oh, yeah. Then. And that's oh, what we Jesus. were thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would go and we would drink these gin and tonics. And Mairead's dad was a DJ in another um, 
local nightclub down the road. So we would go out and get hammered and then he would bring us home. <laughs> okay. You had it all sewn up. We had it all sewn up. Like it was, we were really, really lucky. Like it was so funny. And, and that's very swanky now going to pubs and things like that. Oh, Did you ever do any we old drinking the old tins in a field or no, anything? No, because no. we had the well, we had the taste for the good life at that stage. <laughs> and I remember Mairead used to borrow her mum's clothes and at one point she had like this full length skirt <laughs> and a Karen Millen embroidered bustier <laughs> to go to the, the pub. Oh my god. And a long flowing coat. And I was probably in a pair of like jeans and high heels or something. And I remember walking behind Mairead and she just had like this flowing coat and a pair of fishnet stockings underneath the long dress. Yeah. And I was just like, she's so cool. She's but so like, cool. But like, no wonder we were getting into pubs. We looked about 45. <laughs> no, and you're drinking <laughs> mammy's drinks and everything. Classic. Oh my God. So going back to school, because this is something I'm really interested to talk to everybody about. What was your, because you, so secondary school was mixed school, is that yes. right? Yeah. What sort of sex education did they give you? My gosh. I don't remember getting any, really. Really? Did you get anything in primary school, even like the basics? I think we got, um, you know, like everyone gets a like a package kind yeah. of in sixth class. I think probably we got one of those reluctantly, you know, um, with, I don't know, like leaflets and stuff in it maybe. But then nothing and in secondary school that you remember? As far as I, no, I really don't remember anything. So how did you find out about everything? Your mates. You're just your mates, just whatever you heard from yeah, just people whatever talking you heard. and stuff. Yeah, wow. passed down. Okay. And then how did you find out about mm. things like, you know, because it's a huge time to go through when your body changes mm-hmm. and hormones and you're getting your period and yeah. things like that. Was uh, Who taught you about all of that? So my mum would have always been kind of very... Um, open with stuff like that mm. you know like and I always had a very good relationship with her like she bought me the fake ID you know she brought me to get a tattoo when I was 15 um, she's a super I cool know, mom, yeah I came home from school one day and I wanted to get my belly button pursed and I was like I'm just gonna ask I'm just gonna ask all the girls were getting it was really cool and I remember she was peeling potatoes at the kitchen sink and I was like I want to get my belly button pursed and she went why would you do that would you not get a tattoo or something <laughs> and it had literally <laughs> never crossed my mind oh my god and I was like yeah. Yeah. So she brought me and got the tattoo. And what tattoo at 15, did you get? I got a little bluebell because that was my nickname at home was Bluebell. Oh. So yeah, I have a 15, Did you ever get any more? Year, no. That's just the only one. Just away. the one I got when I was fifteen. Oh just my cast. god. So um, your mum's so yeah, super cool. Yeah, like I remember when I lost my virginity, like I went home and told her, you know, so it was a very close a very, relationship yeah, with yeah, her. Yeah. That's we brilliant. were able to talk about anything, you know. So I probably got a lot from that, you know, and my older sister a bit because she was 15 years older. Like. Yeah. And when I think of it, like when I was like, she was the age I am now with a 15 year old sister or 16 yeah. year old sister, you know, so. God, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Think of it like that. Yeah. yeah. So when it came to, do you remember where you were when you got your first period? Oh God, I was in school. Yeah. It happened me in school in front of everyone. Oh no. <laughs> oh God. So I remember, um. This is so funny, like the tiny minutiae that you remember. I remember I had a pair of my brother's hand-me-down school trousers, mm. right? <laughs> and he had like spilt, uh, he had a pen in his pocket and a pen had leaked, like a red pen in his pocket. And there was just this red ink stain in his pocket. And um, I remember we were going for PE and I was getting changed. And, oh God, one girl like pointed at me and was like, oh, what's that? And pointed at me there and I was like, oh, no. She was like, what's that on your trousers? And I was like, no, my brother's pen just leaked in his pocket. These were his trousers. And she was like, no, there. And then I looked down and it got no. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
So were you in the changing rooms when this happened? In the changing rooms, yeah. What did you do? Going to um, going to PE. I think I probably just went to the bathroom and fashioned myself a nappy. Did a little MacGyver for yourself going, what else are you going to do? I was like, let's never and talk about this again. Because it's a huge landmark moment in, in yeah. any woman's life. And yeah. was it something that you were dreading or was it something you were dying to get it? Or what were your feelings um, around that time? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was dying to get it. Like, yeah. I remember thinking that that was, I was going to be cool and I was going to be a woman then. Yeah. And I got it when I was 12. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, that's it now. I'm made up, you know. Yeah. And the same friend that had pointed it out was like really, really smaller than me and like just developing at a completely different rate. She didn't get hers till she was nearly 16. And everyone, all the girls had theirs. And she was obviously like feeling left out. So she used to be really vocal about how great it was not to have it. You know, and she's like, I'm still free. Oh, my God. That was obviously her <laughs> defense yeah, it was mechanism obviously for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a crazy. Like, oh, your life is over. Yeah, <laughs> it's mad how people can do. I, like, there was a girl in my class who got it when she was eight. Yeah, my like, mum you know, was really young as well. And yeah. all those different. That's why I'm so fascinated to know mm. about what people's sex education was like. That some that just got the basics and some that got none. It's mad. And yeah. because whatever the kids are getting these days, and they're very different kids to the ones that we were, they're mm. getting the same really bad crap That's sex it. education yeah. which is just bonkers because they're different kids and they live in a, a different, different world. world and there's so much accessible mm. to them and there's so much dark stuff accessible you yeah. know they need to know that that's not always the norm or yeah. like that there is yeah. it's not normal at all what are your memories of living in a world of where we just suddenly had technology computers came along phones came along do you remember a life before the internet oh i do yeah, yeah. Yeah, so mine and Mairead's hobby. <laughs> People get like just so confused by this and they'd be right. To. So mine and Mairead's hobby was we lived, in, we grew up in the countryside, right? So we were on the edge of a bog, <clears throat> excuse me, we were on the edge of a bog and there was no roads. Like it was really kind of rural, you know, and the next house was maybe four miles away. So... Myself and Mairead would drag two plastic chairs down to the end of my driveway mm-hmm. and sit there with our notebooks and we would write down the car registration oh numbers. Oh God, no. As they passed. No, you didn't. And when I tell people this, they're like, Oh God. Why? Like, why? Like, Pass just, the time. Yeah, just writing them down. Were you collating the information for any purposes? Nope. Oh, no, we my. were just writing them down. And we would hear, it was before the motorway was built, so before the M1 was built, which is really close to where we are now. And... You could hear a car coming from like 10 miles away and you'd be so excited. You'd be like, I hear one, I hear one. Oh God, I'd say it's going to be red. Oh, it might be a 96. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. Like, Isn't this is what we would do. That the was sweetest, most innocent so world. Pass the time. No books of car the... registration numbers. Just oh like shooting the shit then at the end of the driveway. <laughs> oh my God, it's adorable. <laughs> what was your first job? You should have been working for the census. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I should. Oh, you can imagine you you would have been like I'll do it for free <laughs> in fact I have a full log here yes, of all the cars that have every car that's ever passed <laughs> but you know what they're the kind of stories that you hear and then you know there could be some mad twist on it you know where the guards are looking for a particular reg and it's involved Absolutely. in a crime oh, it's a funny thing you should fabricate that story for well, the future let me just check my records <laughs> yeah and he then the did pass along, here. And then you and the guard fall in love. And oh, you know, there's a Done. Listen, there's whole a movie rom-com in it. this. There is, right? I'll get writing. <laughs> um, so my first job, I worked in the barbershop with my sister from 
when I was 12. So, okay. yeah, I started working then. What were you doing? Yeah. Sweeping the floors? Sweeping floors, yeah. washing hairs. Um, and I worked there right up until I was 16. And then I started working in a pub in the town and other bits and pieces. But, like, I was reading this earlier. There's a, an entry in the diary where it was like, God, I'm just going to have to get another job. This one ain't paying the bills. Oh, my God. What <laughs> bills? what bills and why are you talking like that Um, and you were 14 what else were you going to do or 13 like what were you going to do so Vicky was a barber mm -hmm. so she would bring me to work and it was obviously like get her out of the house on a Saturday type of thing you know and I'd go and sweep floors and chat to people and and obviously yeah. it was, oh, it was a barber, it's only men coming in. So were you loving them? Delighted. Yeah, give me an old head massage there now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Flirting and away with the customers. There was um, a woman. rival barber shop across the road and I was really in love with one of those barbers. Oh, wish. So yeah, I was like wild about him. Oh my God, that's like a West Side Story. So yeah. I think going on, did your yeah. sister know about this love? I don't think so. I must ask her actually. Mm. Um, Yeah. I was wild about him. Brilliant. And my sister's husband or boyfriend at the time worked beside him. So she used to send me on little messages over to Richie, you know, or Richie. And um, I would be jumping at the chance because I'd get to pass this barber and like have a look in at him. Mm-hmm. I was just like a creep going around staring at people like. <laughs> well, that's the intensity of the oh teenage God, years. So intense. If you could go back now and talk to your teenage self, <laughs> what would you say to her? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down and, oh God, what would I say? Like, I don't know. I think I'd just give her a hug and be like, you're going to be grand. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's all good fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I got through relatively unscathed, you know. Um, yeah, I probably, like, would I tell her to ease up? Would she listen? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I'm not sure how much has changed. <laughs> I love it. Well, Rebecca, for taking part in the podcast, you get one of Jules's giant oh ten penny bags. Look at this, which is all the retro sweets from back in the day. Thank so this you is like your so inner much. child gets a Willy Wonka moment to just go, "Oh my god, all the times that was there in place. Can I yes. have these sweets?" It's there you amazing. go. It's all in there. There's frutellas oh, and there's sherbet dips. And Those what were they? Flumps. Flying saucers. Yeah, flying saucers, cola bottles, a push pop. We were never allowed them. Oh, and there's also, do you know what else in there? A ring pop. <gasps> so it's the one that you wear in your ring. And then you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can wear it around your neck as well. There's oh, another cool trend. Dude. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Cool so there dude. you go. Thank you so much. I love that. There's enough sugar to last you till Christmas. Absolutely. I'll never sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your teen Thank diary you. with us. You've been Cheers, amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I loved that chat with Rebecca, our Irish Marilyn Monroe. That's always who I think of because she really is like the absolute spits of her. Thanks, Rebecca, for being part of the podcast. If you want to follow Rebecca on Instagram, her handle is at the Grime Line. And my Instagram is at Jules Call Picks. And up there, I post loads of pictures of childhood toys and fashion and pop culture from the 90s. And all the pictures where people go, oh my God, I'd completely forgotten about that. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Jules Call Picks. So that's all for this episode. I'm your host, Jules Call, and this is the Cringe Binge podcast, My 90s Teenage Diary, brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts. Thank you. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.